This is part two of A Very Grim Hollow Christmas. If you missed last week's episode, maybe go check it out so you're all caught up with the story. But for those that are initiated, this week we learn who that little voice on the stairs belonged to. All that and more coming up right now. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Eldritch Lawcast. My name's Ben Byrne and here as ever with Dale Kingsmill, Sean Merwin, James Hake and we return back to the town of Landhouse where a mysterious creature is leaving not particularly wanted or nice gifts in the homes uh, of of the villagers living in Landhouse. If you weren't here last week, if you haven't heard last week's podcast, this is a part two. Uh, so feel free to go back and listen to that uh, earlier podcast. But if you're like, no, I'm here now. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I've made my listening decision. That's cool too. Welcome. Let me do a quick recap for you. We are playing Fate uh, or we're playing Fate uh, Accelerated, which is a role-playing game game uh, by... Evil Hat Evil Productions. Hat. Sorry, thank you. I was going to say Mad Hat. No, it's none of that. It is Evil Hat Productions. Um, uh, and we are setting our story within Landhouse, within Etheris, uh, which is the Grim Hollow setting. Uh, and in this town, you know what? I'm going to read my poem again because I was pretty proud of that poem. Everybody it's else. It's a good poem. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we return to the town of Landhouse where it is the winter solstice uh, and not a creature dare move, not even a bar. Mouse and gripped by terror one year more is the entirety of the village uh, who have all locked their doors. The monster called the Giver thudded upon their roofs, leaving gifts in their house like rotted fish and old boots. Some found old onions and some lumps of coal, some an animal's bones or the head off a doll. And fed up with these gifts and the giver too, the village bands together to make the monster shoo. This is where you come in, uh, our brave heroes three, to scare away this monster and set Landhouse free. Our three, I'd say brave, mighty adventurers, maybe not the best descriptors, uh, but have banded together to track down this mysterious creature leaving these macabre gifts, starting uh, with... uh, Kalos Drake. Kalos, for those that weren't here last week, uh, give us a quick description of your character. Yes, I am Kalos Drake, a sorcerer who lurks at the edges of Landhouse saved once by the people of this village and in some small way indebted to them. I gaze often into my mystic orb, seeking visions of other worlds, and all in the pursuit of of improving the lives of the people of this village. So do I say this strange hermit, me. Fantastic. Uh, Accompanying Kalos on this adventure, uh, Eleanor Blakeney. Yes, Eleanor Blakeney. uh, She is a pale, skinny-looking half-elf with uh, with curly brown hair, and she is the best damn cat burglar that this town has ever seen. And she's not standing Ooh. for any upstarts who are about to break into these houses and take all of the attention away from her. No thank you. Yeah, you're, you're upset by the fame of the giver over poor Eleanor. Um, uh, an equally felonious uh, individual accompanying uh, our crew is Brillo Greenback. Absolutely. Uh, Brillo is a filthy gnome who professes to be an entertainer, <laughs> but really could not be understood to actually sing a song. So he plays <laughs> a banjo and would be the upstart that would be trying to break into a house to find some ill-gotten gains. But now that he has a patsy to work with, he is more than happy to let the cat burglar have her fame. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, The three... I was going to say amigos. Is that the right uh, terminology? The three compatriots, maybe. Uh, the three, the two burglars plus Kalos. Miscreants. Uh, miscreants. <laughs> there we go. I like that term. Uh, the three miscreants uh, having riled the, the villagers, the mobsters, the people in a mob uh, up against the giver. Uh, the, the, the mobsters spread out throughout the village looking for this monster, leaving the party capable of going and in, in leading their own investigation 
investigation uh, a little bit more cautiously, a little bit more cleverly, getting themselves in trouble with the mob momentarily. Not not trouble against them so much as just letting the mob get in their way a little bit. Um, having a, a close call, a close contact with a, a ferocious canine that almost uh, took Brillo's life were it not chained uh, to its kennel, and then have finally found themselves broken into a private residence where they hope to catch the giver. It seems like the giver may have uh, been here first, leaving behind the gift of a goat's heart and liver on the floor of this very homely living room to set the scene again. This living room has a, a sweeping staircase which goes up to the second level of this house. It's very nicely carpeted. There's a fireplace which Brillo climbed down through to get into the house to gain access. Uh, there are socks hung from the top of the fireplace, a big sock, a slightly smaller sock, a, a little children's sock and, and a wee little baby sock uh, all hung above the fireplace. Nice upholstered furniture and these animal organs presumably left by the giver uh, uh, being so out of place here. Uh, the party... Now wondering what their next move is, but before they could make that decision, they hear a sound on the stairs, a little bit of a creak, and a soft little voice that speaks out to them from the darkness above and says, Are you the quiver? And as you look up, you see the most innocent-looking little boy with, like, just the most dead straight perfect bowl haircut um, shaved, you know, uh, undercut uh, beneath his his haircut. His eyes, his big blue eyes, just expanding like two little pizza dishes beneath his hairline. Um, you can see he's got a small little chin uh, and a little button nose, and he's wearing like a onesie, like a little onesie um, that's got dinosaurs on it. Uh <laughs> His, his little hands, both of them are up on the polished banister and they're not even big enough to be able to grip the entire banister. They just kind of, yeah, sit like little paws uh, on the side of it. As he looks down at these three strangers inside his living room and he says, Are you here to, to weave me quiffs? The quiver leaves quiffs every year. <laughs> and looks at the three of you. What would you like to do? This kid is very cute, but I am running low on fate chips and uh, I, I need to get some back. So I'm going to um, compel myself, if I may, uh, and, and use my trouble constantly making enemies. I would like to, to turn on this small child and say, the giver is a hack. Okay, the give, the Phantom is the best damn cat burglar that this town has ever seen. Okay, you understand the Phantom. The Phantom can walk through walls. The Phantom can turn invisible. The Phantom can't die because they're already a ghost. All right, and most importantly, the Phantom actually takes things from you like a proper burglar is meant to do. You got it, kid. Okay, cool. This kid's eyes get bigger and bigger as you describe this this phantom uh, type individual. You you gain a fate point for for uh, creating an enemy, and you see like his little nose scrunches up. You, it looks like he's frowning, but you can't see his eyebrows beneath his hairline. Um, uh, uh, as you see his eyes well up, and he sort of. <laughs> but the quiver gives quiffs, and you. I don't like you. You're stinky. <laughs> and he just like runs reach, up I, the stairs. Yes, go ahead. Wait, wait. I reach down and say, "You want a liver?" <laughs> <laughs> he he stops. Turns back around, is sort of sniffing and goes, Are you the quiver? And sort of like starts to like come back down the stairs. He can't like walk downstairs properly. He's kind of got to go like one foot at a time um, as he mantles down. He's, me, he's me smaller too. even than you, Brillo. <laughs> um, oh, oh. As he comes up, he goes, I knew the quiver would be small like me and sort of like holds oh. out like a, a little hand for the the piece of meat that you have he's like on the bottom step kind of like reaching too far forward for it 
I'll tell you what, if you don't wake your parents up, I'll give you something else. Uh, and I reached out to give him the heart. Oh, okay, the, cool. Give him the liver and then give him the heart as well. Okay. <laughs> His little hand kind of like mushes the liver and he, he, like, he actually drops it first and it just kind of like splats on the oh. ground. And then he bends like right over his, uh, you know, hands on his uh, knees as he bends down to get it. You can see that he's wearing a nappy, but the bun flap on the back of his uh, onesie is half open. Um, as he bends down, he picks up this slippery liver, eventually like gets it and then looks at you and reaches out and he goes, he's cold, uh, and then reaches out to get the the heart. Um, and then as he's sniffing, he kind of like looks at them and he says, oh, I won't wait my parents, but you, you said the phantom. And he's kind of looking back across at Eleanor at this point. It sounds scary. And I think the phantom's upstairs right now. Be afraid. Ah! <laughs> and he kind of like jumps off the bottom of the step and then runs through the house. Child, what do you mean by the phantom is in your house right now? He's He goes around the Beats corner. Me. He's like in the kitchen um, and you just hear his little voice and he says, There's a scary monster upstairs and it's walking around my parents' room. Look, kid, you don't have to go back to bed, but you can't stay here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you hear his little voice uh, wafting out of the I'll volunteer. The next uh, okay. I, I'll come up and check to make sure everything's safe for you, child with a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> you are the quiver. Uh, as he waddles back over, kind of like puts his heart, not his heart, but puts a heart, the goat's heart uh, that he now owns, uh, in his hand. <laughs> With the liver that is of similar has similar aspects owned by the child um, in his arms, and then like goes to take your hand uh, as you you continue up the stairs. Here, let me hold that for you. <laughs> take take the heart and put it in the sand, and take the child's hand. Okay, cool. It's like briefly... these, these are good eating. <laughs> I'm gonna briefly turn to Kalos and say, not to be paranoid, but what if he is the giver? Then fate would have done us a great service by leading us directly to him as I foresaw. Yeah, neat, tight, tight, tight. <laughs> <laughs> as you proceed well, up the... Sorry, go ahead. I was just... I will try to distract the child while they do their thing. All right. Okay, cool. Um, You're a better person than I... <laughs> Um, uh, Kalos, what would you like to do? I shall lead the way, conveniently leaving room for uh, for the Phantom, so-called, to um, take whatever knickknacks she can find. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I look like I'm investigating for clues, but I'm definitely pocketing <laughs> anything okay. silver. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, make a sneaky... Uh, check for me this is to well sorry actually again this is my 5e brain taking over it's like oh you're trying to accomplish something you need to do i was gonna check. do a sneaky i was gonna let do me, a sneaky let me well well are you trying to uh, create an advantage or are you trying to uh, overcome an obstacle i think i'm trying to overcome an obstacle uh because i'm really just trying not to be noticed by kalos while i'm taking this stuff Kalos, do you think you're actively watching or you're just kind of, like you said, you, you're wandering out of the room? Oh, no, I'm not watching even a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of wondering <laughs> if you even need to make a role at this point, uh, Eleanor. I think you, you can snatch whatever to, it is that you want to. Just to see. <laughs> okay, great. I didn't have to make a role. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know what I rolled in my role that didn't exist. <laughs> All right, no, fair, yeah. <laughs> it's for, for another time, another dimension, another reality that Kalos may see uh, at some point, but not this reality. Um, Brillo, are you taking the child back upstairs? Uh, as slowly as possible. Between the two of us, we have very short legs, so it might take us a while <laughs> yeah. just to navigate the stairs. Wait, hold okay. on. Isn't Isn't the thing that the child saw... In his parents' room upstairs? 
Yes. Well, he didn't mention he didn't mention the phantom until it was put into his brain by someone. So we will see if there is actually something in his parents' room as we carefully climb the stairs and then go where he ever he leads me. Okay, cool. Um Carlos, are you going up the stairs or were you leaving the, the house? You were kind of like oh, done. Oh yeah, I'm going up the stairs. I'm kind of okay, slowly great. following up the rear. Okay, cool. Um, uh, as uh, Eleanor kind of snatches anything and everything that's not uh, glued down uh, or not nailed down yeah, uh, inside of the, the living room, the two of you reach the top landing and the little boy leads you it's like a when you get to the top it's like a corridor that splits in two directions and the stairs kind of come into the middle of it you can see that there's three doors um down one end uh is the first door and it's like you know at the very end of the hall it's that's the 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 end of the hall is the door i don't know how else to explain it the end of the hall is the door uh the door opens uh or, or is ajar at the moment um presumably into the parents room you think just from your your sort of you know understanding of general house layouts especially being uh, as felonious as brillo is you you know where to to go find the the good stuff um the most expensive stuff uh, whether it's down the other end of the hall, you suspect, is where the kids' rooms are. You can see there's a door wide open down there, which is probably where this kid came from. Um, and you can also see that there's another door there that is also ajar and has, like, stars and, and moons and things, like, painted uh, on the outside of it. And the little boy kind of leads you down the corridor towards the two rooms, presumably towards his room as well. Um but the two of you, uh, I would say probably Brillo first being further up uh, ahead, but also having slightly, I'm going off your, I'm assuming, you know, a passive check's a thing in this game. I don't really know. I'm going to assume having slightly higher clever, just slightly higher passive perception. Um, <laughs> uh, you hear uh, kind of like a shuffling sound like someone's moving from inside the room with the 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 stars and the moon. I will say to the child, child, what's your name? They call me Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan. What's in the room with the stars? That's where that's where Twisty lives. Twisty. Uh is that your your sibling, brother, sister. Twisty's my sibling. Mm. Okay. Uh, why are there stars painted on the door? It used to be my room, but when Twisty came, they gave it to Twisty. Oh, little bastard. <laughs> uh, I hate when that happens. Uh, are you here to give me back my room? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that's what we will do, but is that where your parents sleep? And I'll point to the end of the hall. Yeah, my parents are down there. Are you here to take yeah. Twisty away? Because Twisty was given by the Guiva, but maybe the Phantom's coming to take Twisty. Twisty was oh. what now? <laughs> I'm not there, <laughs> but Dale's reacting. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we should take a look at Twisty. Uh... Twisty, does Twisty have, like, ten fingers, ten toes, and one head? Begins to, like, count, and you hear... One, two... Oh, it's more important the head than the fingers and toes. Five. Uh, Eleven. No, (laughs) Twisty doesn't breathe fire or anything. Twisty doesn't uh, have horns. Seven, okay. Nine, you stand there nine, and count. I'm gonna go over here. Ninety-nine. And <laughs> I'm going to peek in Twisty's room. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, are you approaching? Would you say sneakily? Oh, I will be as stealthy as I possibly can. Yes. You Definitely gaze into that room. To, uh, I shall overcome find the anyone hearing me by sneaking. Gotcha. All right. Uh, roll. Go. Go for the roll, and then just hold the result for a second. What was that? Sorry, Callus. Where were you headed? All right. Oh, I was just saying. You gaze into that room. I shall seek out the parents' hallway. Okay, so you're heading the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, how do you want to approach the the parent store? It is it is closed at the moment. Uh, do you have a specific uh, approach that you want to take to to getting close to it or um, opening it? Something about the sort of tension of the situation leads me to believe that sneaky might be the appropriate <laughs> approach. Okay, great. Uh, roll sneaky for me. How did you go, Brello? What was your result? Uh, I had a minus one on the dice. My sneaky is plus three, so it ends up being a plus two. I'm going to spend my next to the last fate point, my penultimate fate point, yep. to... Uh, to tap the aspect of felonious gnome being quiet and used to being sneaky, so that would be a uh, plus four total. Okay, great. Um, uh, how did you go, Kalos? Minus one. Um, okay. I'm going to invoke my aspect of has visions from other worlds, and I kind of have a flash of insight of myself approaching this door loudly and being instantly skewered and take that moment to kind of rethink my approach and re-roll my dice. Okay, sure. Go for it. Um, let's try this again. Okay. Uh, that's a total of two. Okay, gotcha. All right, as the two of you split off in two directions, um, Eleanor at this point kind of coming towards the top of the stairs, presumably with like pockets filled with with different things. <laughs> All you can hear is like the like 54, 79, <laughs> as you get towards the top of the stair, the top of the landing and uh, the gnome and the wizard split and go in opposite directions. And as you get Kalos to the parents' door, the door is closed. You place a hand upon this, like, curved um, sort of sideways latch. I don't know if door people know the technical term for that, but it's a sideways latch is what I'm going to call it. Um, And pull the latch down and push the door in. At the same time, at the other end of the hall, Brillo, you approach the door with the stars and the moon on it, taking one step and then the other silently upon the carpet. The camera from inside the room looks as your, you know, the corner of your helmet, the corner of your your, your tin pot hat kind of comes into view and then your eye and simultaneously the door creaks open in the parents' room uh, and the eye of Kalos looks through the crack and into the darkened room and both of you see something quite disturbing. Kalos, upon the bed, like the foot of the bed, uh... You can see that the before I get to the foot of the bed, whoa, wait till you hear what's in the rest of the bed. Uh, two parents, one on each uh, side of the bed. Um, uh, you see their shapes, you know, beneath the covers, beneath the furs, if you will, because this is fantasy. Um, and you can see that on the foot of the bed is like a dead uh, 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 cat. I was trying to think of some more, more woodlandy creature, but let's go with a dead cat. Um, cause that's what it is, uh, on the end of the bed. And you can see that it's dead. Like you can, you can hear the flies and you can see that it's dead because there's tufts of fur missing. There's bones exposed. It's just kind of laid out. And you can also hear the of flies on the other end of the whole Brillo. As you look into your room, you can see that your room's actually lit. There's a candle, uh, kind of back from the door, uh, which is placed on the bedside next to the cot and standing over the cot looking into the bed is a hooded individual uh, cloaked and you can see that from beneath why they you you can't see their face because they're not faced towards you you can see these two horns which rake upwards uh, from beneath the hood and point towards the ceiling. You can see that this individual stands on crooked legs that kind of go forward and then jolt backwards like that of a a deer or a ram or or some other uh, quadrupedal animal. You can see that they're standing upon these cloven padded hooves um, uh, that, that sink slightly into the carpet. And one furry arm reaches from out of the, the coat and into the cot and just, you can't see what's going on. You can see the baby. The baby's in there, you know, maybe a toddler more accurately. It's speaking 
you know, largely gibberish. It's just like, the general sounds that it's making. You can see its legs kind of kicking just just passively like a baby's legs does. They're, they're kind of inside one of those um, slips that, that babies get put into, a, a baby bag. Sack. I don't, sack, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can see its legs just kind of passively kicking. The baby doesn't seem to be in distress at all. And from the, the creature, you hear this like... <laughs> sort of sound as if it's speaking, but you cannot understand what it is saying. Uh, at this point, uh, Eleanor, you reach the, the the landing directly between the two individuals. You've got the kid going, 59, um, uh, as he seems to finish his counting. And what does Eleanor hear slash witness of the reactions of the two of you simultaneously? Kalos, What's your reaction to seeing the the dead cat on the foot of the bed? Ugh, good lord. <laughs> Brillo, what's your reaction to seeing the monster in the room? Uh to be honest, I am trying to figure out how to steal money from this creature. <laughs> uh, seeing you can- seeing how I can put put one over on it. I, I am a gnome. I've seen some strange things out in the woods. There is uh, one thing I, I did yeah. forget to mention, which is important to what you just said, which is that this thing does okay. have like a sack um, that kind of like sits on the ground mm. next to it. The sack is loosely open um, and the creature's not paying attention to it at the moment. All right. Do I know that Eleanor is coming up the stairs behind me? Um, yeah, I was probably I think trying look- to be quiet, but... Eleanor, I'm not like hiding in the shadows or anything. I would say, I would say yes. Like you can, like if you just like you know do a okay. double take over your shoulder. Maybe you're even looking for Kalos. You know when you okay. do, um, but you see Eleanor yeah. reach the top of the stairs. Okay, then what I want to do is I want to create an advantage. Okay. Uh, I basically I want to distract this creature, so I can somehow get its back to the door. So I'm going to sort of loop around and start talking to it, uh, asking it what it's doing and can I get in on this action? Um, how much is he making? You know, that sort of thing. Just to, just to, uh, oh, so you think you can do all this. Well, what about me? Where's my cut of this, huh? Where is it? And I'm going to loop around to the front okay. to get his back to the door. Okay. Uh, make for me... I think. Uh, so what well, I would like to do, this, what I would yeah, like yeah. to do. Go ahead. I am trying to cleverly create an advantage, which happens to be my stunt because I'm an adver- experienced confidence gnome. Uh, so I will use that stunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dice come out to a wash to zero. Mm-hmm. Clever is plus two. I mm-hmm. get a plus two when I cleverly try to create advantages when I'm in a one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. So that is what I'm doing for a plus four. Okay. You come into the room, um, mm-hmm. circle around to get in front of this creature and stand in front of it. And as you enter the room and come around to the, the front of it, you're kind of like off at an angle, right? Because it's it's facing the cot and the cot's mm-hmm. against the wall. So it's kind of like facing the wall. You've come in on its left-hand side. You're standing over maybe even by the window. The curtains are drawn on the window, but but that's, you know, as far over as you can get to get its focus, not on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, it looks at you. It kind of like looks up quite suddenly. You see its raked back horns, um, you know, rake back further as it, as it, as it's, uh, head goes towards you um, and you can see that it, it stops speaking immediately and it's quite shocked and as it looks at you you can see this creature has a furry face um, the face is um, you know humanoid-esque but kind of has that doe-like um, sort of nose um, you can see that it's got uh, doe-like eyes as well like they're quite alien but there, there's something that's like not off-putting about them. the 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 face is fairly non-threatening, like surprisingly so. When you look at this thing, it doesn't look like the face of a monster, but looks like the face of some woodland being, if you will. Still has sharp teeth, 
And as it looks at you, it kind of hisses and grabs its bag of things and kind of like pulls it like close to itself as if it's hugging it for safety, um, steps back from the the cot uh, and draws its hands in. But as you enter the room as well and this thing stands further away from the candlelight, you also note that it's not as big as it seemed. Where it was standing, its shadow seemed to cast this massive, you know, presence over the baby as it steps back from the candlelight it's actually probably not even as tall as Kalos or Eleanor. It's maybe bigger than you are, but, you know, somewhere between a, a halfling and a, and a human as it clutches hmm. its things and looks at you and, say, and doesn't say anything to begin with, actually. It just kind of like you can see its eyes darting around as if it's looking for escape. Um, the, I the try rest to make you- reassuring sounds and gestures just to calm it while other people uh, approach. Okay. Um, the Kalos, Eleanor, you can definitely hear what's like, you can hear uh, Brillo start to talk. And so realize something is going on down the other end of the hall. Um, I will twirl about, you know, billowingly, uh, and just shout Brillo and I will (laughs) down the hallway. (laughs) Uh, I will sneakily approach the door. I want to sort of set myself up on the other side of the door so I can hear what's going on, but I'm out of sight. Uh, Okay, make uh, a sneaky approach for me, uh, if you will. I will will do this thing. I will do this thing you ask. Okay, okay, so that's a plus and a minus on the dice, um, which brings me to plus three for my total. Okay, cool. Uh, And I am getting a... Uh, okay, cool. Uh, you approach up to the the door, get to the other side of it as you hear bup, 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 like coming up from behind you, and uh, Brillo from inside the room as you hear bup, 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 coming up from behind you. This creature hears that sound as well. You can see beneath its hood, its its ears, which would poke out sideways, usually kind of like a, a, a held flat by the hood, but they do kind of like twitch. And then it's the weirdest thing as this thing steps again to face the door more properly. And as it does, it's kind of like, you know, like those images, there's a name for it that I don't know off the top of my head, but you look at it from one side and it shows like, you know, an image and you flip it to the other side and it looks like something else. That's Mm. kind of what happens here. It's like she changes, the creature changes, but you don't, it's not like a polymorph or anything like that. It's just like, you know, you weren't look, you were looking at her from a different angle before and now she's different, but it's odd because she changes from this doe like creature and steps and is suddenly like this old woman, no teeth in her face uh, or in her, in her mouth for that matter. Um, uh, uh, you know, beady eyes, um, old wrinkly nose, um, and she's holding a broom that you didn't notice before either. Um, and as Kalos, presumably, and tell me if you want to stop short, Kalos, uh, as you come thundering around into the room and just outside of Eleanor, you kind of peek into the room, this old woman smiles and says, Oh, Darius, I'm just the housekeeper looking after the baby. Where did you all come from? You shouldn't be in here. Shoo, shoo. And she kind of like sweeps her broom as if towards you. You can still see the pile of things uh, abandoned behind her. Uh, I'm just going to quickly whisper to Jonathan. Do you have a housekeeper? (laughs) 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 You look at him. (laughs) He just like shakes his head like without like, like he has to think about it for a second. And then he just like shakes his head. Um, I don't know whether Kalos is already in the room. If he can still see me, I'm going to shake my head. No. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead, Kalos. I I am going to hold up a hand and in the other hold the orb before me between the woman and myself. And I say, oh, powers that speak to me from worlds beyond, show unto me the true form of that which I see before me. I love Kellos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to have um, a wizard friend. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, overcoming uh, an obstacle to see through the, the, the illusion, or is this trying to create an advantage in terms of, like, 
learning a new aspect about the old woman in front of you? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, certainly my D&D attuned brain likes to think of this as overcoming an obstacle. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll save the advantage making until we, we have something more tangible here. Let's overcome the obstacle of this. All right, no problem. Uh, what, what is this a flashy skill? What do you think you're, how do you, what what are you using to cast this spell? Hey, if you'll permit me to go flashy, I'll go flashy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? With, with much incanting and hand waving, I shall, I shall make this magic happen. Um, all told that's going to be a plus two. Okay, cool. Let me actually make a roll, um, as if for defense, that is that, um, and that. Okay, cool. Um, as you finish your incantation, uh, she looks to you and says, oh, oh, you shouldn't be in here. She wails a lot. She's like, oh, you shouldn't be in here. And then, like, steps towards you as if to shoo you with her broom. But as she does, it's that same sort of illusion. It's like the image flips back. And uh, it turns back into that doe-like creature who's not holding anything at all. They just kind of like have their hands as if to hold a, a, a broom and sees their own hand and like looks at the two of you standing in front of uh, her and just like looks back and forth frozen for a moment uh, as if in panic. What? While she's distracted, I would like to try and create an advantage by like stretching some some... I don't know, some twine or something across the doorway, just quietly without her noticing, just, just, just stretch some, some like string across there to in, in uh, a bid to potentially trip anyone who tries to run. Okay. Know. I'd like, I'd like to, to help her out by, uh, by verbosely grandiloquating in front of this creature by just sort of <laughs> holding out hands and saying, now I see it plain. Oh, Demon who appears before me, you cannot trick those who have the proper sight. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, can I get? Um, can I get Eleanor? I think. What do you think? Are you doing this sneakily, or are you doing this? Is this like a? a I'm trying a to do this sneakily. I'm trying to to do it just without being noticed. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Roll sneaky for me. I believe how like the help action to again translate from five e works is that you get a plus right. one on the result. Ooh, ooh, ooh! It's two minuses, so we're at a plus one right now. Um, okay. for for my sneaky, and then we add one, so it's plus two. Is that is that what happens? I believe that's how the the help action. All right, to, plus to, two. To use yep. that. Okay, cool. Um. All right, let me have a quick look here as I appraise. Okay, cool, not a problem. You sneakily set that up. I'm imagining you you set it up on one side and then like low to the ground, you know, your your torso um, (laughs) uh, kind of like, you know, flat to the ground, just kind of like spider step across the door yeah, frame. Like a like a turtle crawling across a beach. That's, yeah, that's my right. approach. <laughs> do, 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 uh, to get to the other side of the door frame to set the, the string up there um, as you begin to set this trap. This creature looks from one to the other of you um, and then tries a different approach, little A, not, not big A. Um, bears her teeth. Uh, and you can see that this creature does have sharp teeth, and she says, I am a most wicked and powerful fay. You should fall before me and flee. Um, and she's going to try to flashily create uh, an advantage. Uh, so I will roll for her. Uh, ooh. She is all right. See now, now I, I believe. Hmm, hmm, how do I set a DC for my own character? This is uh, interesting, so Sean. If, yes. If, if they are, if she is trying to do something to us, yep. We can defend. Yep. Uh, if you are just trying to to create a situation which doesn't affect us yet, yep. Then you can just set the numbers that she needs to reach, and if she makes it great, and if she doesn't. Okay. Great. 
You can also use a, a fate point that you have to just establish something. All right. I think this will be, uh, I actually think this will be a mental attack um, uh, because okay, she's yep. trying to intimidate uh, the two of you that she can see. Um, so can I get, uh, so it would be defense. So it would be a defense action uh, on Kalos and Brillo's behalf. Um, and you, do you know what you roll if you're rolling defense for a, like a, something psychic? Is it forceful as well? Or is it clever? Well, we we can we can figure out uh you know what do you, is she trying to is she trying to trick us then we might gotcha. tr- roll clever is she trying to uh our willpower might be careful or forceful um if we're ju- jumping out of the way it could be quick okay let me let me say this um if you can you can tell me what your approach is uh, if you're mm-hmm. trying to, cause she's, she looks like she's trying to intimidate you is the general like gist. She's baring okay. her teeth. She's frowning. Um, she's trying to make herself look bigger than she really is. So if you want to, you know, roll, I, I don't know what your approach would be for like brave, you know, then you can choose an approach. How would you, you know, um, st- uh, outstand her attempt to intimidate you? Or you could roll, you know, if you want to try and like insight and see through um, uh, just how monstrous this creature yeah. is, is she actually threatening or not? You could uh, tell me a different approach. So you can uh, do one of those two things. So Brillo, what would your uh, approach be? Having seen her change shape so many times, I would I would go with clever mm-hmm. in the sense that I've, I've seen her tricks. Mm-hmm. So I probably know what she's trying to do and it isn't, her, the real her okay uh so i would i would try to defend myself cleverly okay cool uh roll clever with, for with me. my with my wits what about I think, yeah uh, Kalos. as for me i am going to I, knowing something about myself as kind of this grand sorcerer i am going to just kind of like forcefully thrust magic against whatever enchantment she is trying to do and just kind of try and muscle through the power Okay, roll forceful for me. Um, ah. So I got for clever a zero on the die, so it's a plus two from clever. But since I am so cantankerous, uh, <laughs> I refuse to be intimidated by a simple fey creature, of which I am practically one myself. So I'm going to use my final fate point to add two to my two to get four total. Okay, great. Tell us how you go. Blank, blank, plus, plus, and then two from forceful, so it will be a forceful resistance. <laughs> um, <laughs> she she steps forward. She says, you know, her, her ears are kind of pressing against the hood, so the hood's expanding slightly. Um, she's putting out her arms in front of her. She's actually, like, stepping backwards towards the candle as if to make, uh, like, her shadow bigger on the wall. You can see her horns kind of, you know, they don't. she's not tall enough for them to rake the ceiling or anything, but you can see the shape of, like, a, a devilish image uh, get shadowed upon the wall. That's a descriptive word. Um, and as she says, I am a powerful and frightful fey creature. You should be scared. There's like a beat of silence. And then her ears just go like flat against the side of her head. Her arms come down and she looks like quite panicked suddenly. Um, uh, And she says, would you like a gift? And reaches into the bag and pulls out just like what looks like a clump of mud with worms crawling around inside of it and you see this like smile come to her face instead uh hey listen sister you know we've all been here before we've all been caught in the act so here's what i suggest um we very carefully and quietly leave and uh once we're out of here we can discuss terms um i'd let me know if this works. I'd like to create an aspect for this giver. Um, or, or like, make an advantage. Okay, sorry. Uh, Sean, maybe yeah. you can help me out with here. Can I can I spend a fate <laughs> sure. point? You, you yes. said earlier you can spend a fate point to just create an advantage. Or to create you, an aspect. You do, 
you, you create you create an aspect, right? As long as the group itself agrees that yes, that fits the story we're telling, then you can spend the fate point to create an aspect. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about this then. I'm going to say, well, it seems we have a reluctant giver here before us. Giver, I believe that you have plagued the people of this town for far too long with your grotesque, stomach-churning, bile-inducing gifts that you draw from that wretched, pestiferous sack of yours. However, this is not the only way you could be. As it stands, there is a hefty reward for anyone who brings you in. That person could be you. And I'd like to uh, create an aspect of greedy within the giver. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... She sort of, like, thinks about and You can see as you, you know, ab- admonish her, uh, she seems to get, like, smaller and smaller. Um, and then when you kind of reverse the, the situation, as it were, you see her ears kind of, like, go sideways a little, you know, like, prick out a little bit. And she says, But if I'm the bounty hunter... Who's, uh, who's the giver? I just kind of look between everyone else here. <sighs> Wait, you're not the giver? Uh, uh, I am the giver. Uh, uh, well, actually, you can call me Bafana. And uh, I just want to make friends. So I bring... Gifts, and she like reaches in and pulls out like half a skull out of her bag, and then puts it back in, and then reaches back in and pulls like what looks like a dead snake, and says, "I, I thought that people liked my gifts. I, I-, I thought that they in- enjoyed them, but then I Jonathan that- does." <laughs> <laughs> she says, "But if 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 you're saying that." that people don't like my gifts, well, maybe maybe we can be friends. I, I can play along. And, like, her little ears go out, like, a little bit further. <laughs> oh. I'm going to poke my head around the corner and I'm going to be like, you mean to say that this this is... You're just, you're just a natural. You're just a natural. This wasn't even like a prank. This is, you, you're breaking into everyone's houses. Leave no trace behind. No one knows who you are. And it's all just, it's all just an accident. Well, nobody seems to know who I am, even though I leave them gifts all the time. But nobody bothers to ask, I suppose. I mean, I just fly in as a moth or a gnat or a fly or something. And that's. Fly down the chimney. People aren't very friendly here. They lock all their doors you and windows and don't a, let anyone in. Into a moth or a gnat? I can turn into a, anything. A spider? Maybe you and I should be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you hear at that point uh, there is a thump, like a boom, boom, on the door, on the front door downstairs, and then you can hear some, like, rough shouting from downstairs and, oh, search the neighbourhood, the clock's out, no, there's nothing on the clock's out, Uh, (laughs) as there seems to be uh, some individuals at the front door of this house and they're thumping um, for the moment as if to be, you know, heard, but you've seen them break into other people's homes searching for the giver. It's beef hard abs. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, he still is outside, isn't he? <laughs> he is, indeed. And um, now Beef Hard Abs is thumping at the front door. <laughs> People who didn't listen to last episode, they're not going to know what we're talking about. <laughs> People who did we, listen we to last f- episode might not know what we're talking about. <laughs> Th- this is true. Uh, I, I, have, I have a plan that may or may not work. May I borrow your sack? Of goodies? 
She looks at it um, and sa- and kind of like draws it up to her and says, but this has all my gifts in it that I give to all the good people of Landhouse. Well, Brillo's a good person we of can- Landhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been given gifts in years. I am gifless. Oh. I look well. sad. It doesn't take much, but I look sad. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, and kind of like passes the bag uh, over to you, um, steps into the center of the room, kind of, you know, apprehensive still definitely, but a little bit, you know, apprehensive in both the nervous sense of the word and the excited sense of the word. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I look down the stairs. Is, Is big good sir anywhere coming toward us? As you go back down the hall and look down the, the sloping stairway, the front door into the house is not far from the stairs. In fact, it's on the same wall where the stairs finish at the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. He's not inside the house yet, but you can hear that he is starting to, to thump harder and harder and, in fact, starting to, to break and splinter some of the wood. He's clearly now past the point of knocking and to the point of, of mm. breaking in. All right, I run down the stairs quickly. Mm-hmm. And I pass the bag to him and I say, here's the stuff we stole. Hold on to it for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your approach to convincing him to hold on to this? Oh, definitely cl- trying to be clever about it. Okay, cool. Uh, roll clever for me. I am out of fate points, so what you see is what you get. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, plus two. Plus two, and then a plus one total on the dice for a plus three. Hell yeah. Ooh, you, yeah. You, you go downstairs, mm. you you pull the door open, and he's there with um, what looks like uh, like a hammer, like a mallet, like a wooden mallet. It looks like he's like found it on the street or something, um, trying to break mm. open the door. And as the door gets yanked open, it kind of startles him for a moment. You hand him the bag, and he's too startled to like, you know, he takes it, but he doesn't even seem to acknowledge that he's taken it. He's just like, uh. um, you, you succeeded that in fact so well that you can also create a boost if you wish to. Okay. Uh, I will create the boost of big is startled. <laughs> okay, cool. Not a problem. Uh, he's completely startled mm-hmm. at this very moment. All right. I'll say, wait here. And I will run back up the stairs. And okay. tell everyone, we, we, we have our patsy. All we have to do is tell the townsfolk that big good sir good, good sir was the <laughs> giver all along. He's holding the bag. We can abscond with our new friend here who can turn into practically anything. Uh, I think we have a long and fruitful friendship uh, going. I don't know about you. Uh, the hood falls off. Uh, Bafana at this point and her ears go straight out um, and she kind of stands up to her full height for the first time you can see that she's got kind of you know a very like abnormally long neck with her face on the end of it she almost looks like the the creature out of um, Princess Mononoke you know her, her neck is so long as she stands up with her shoulders halfway down her body and she just says we're we're friends I've made friends I've got friends Yes, where Absolutely. where shall we go next, friends? Follow me, friend. Yes, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch start out, heading watch towards... out for the rope. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, just careful where you step there. That's fine. I'll leave that for someone else uh, to discover um, <laughs> if they happen to follow us. Just wherever the nearest window is, I'm, I'm leading the way out that way. <laughs> I okay. say, wait before you go. And I, uh, to you, O oh Phantom, hold out uh, my orb and say, take this with you. If ever I have need of finding you again, I believe our paths are parting here now. Because I have no faith in the people of this town to turn so readily upon this big man. I think there is no other choice but for me to make sure that the arresting and <laughs> given the nature of this reward ultimately killing uh, blow falls heavily upon his neck. I forgot that it was going to be a death sentence. 
That's terrible. Oh, no. Um, Okay, but... Are we the baddies? Is that that point? (laughs) Rule one. (laughs) Rule one. No but witnesses. Ellen is probably <laughs> rule fine. two. See rule one. <laughs> what about Timothy? Like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Cover Jonathan. your ears, child. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, look away. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's pretty grim, but uh, the good luck, and and hop out the window. Yeah, come cool. on, Bufada, come with me. I'll teach you the ways of heisting. It is uh, not a problem. As you get over to the window, you from the, from the inside, you can unlatch it, lift the window, step out onto being on the second level. You like step out onto the roof, but it's on the far side from where the front door is, so you're kind of covered from the street. Um, and when Bafana approaches, instead of turning into uh well instead of like ducking their head and getting their horns through the the window because they would have to kind of like you know fold themselves in to to get out the other side, they just effortlessly like leap onto your shoulder and by time they're on your shoulder they're a sparrow um i love this i love my new friend (laughs) uh brillo and uh kalos uh you end up not that long after in the town square with big good sir big mclarge huge uh on the stage you have argus grinch the town crier there as well you have the angry crowd reassembled with their pitchforks and torches um how do you proceed with this uh, <laughs> scene? with my with my final fate point i'd like to invoke my riled up crowd aspect yes! <laughs> yeah great perfect um <laughs> And, and we do still have the aspect of you know, Big Good Sir is confused or startled. Uh, yeah. So we can always invoke that for free as well uh, if, yes. if we need to. Yeah, great. What do you, what do, you do with the with the bag of things? Like, are you, like, pinning that on, like, literally pinning it to him? Are you holding it and, like, showing it as evidence? Yeah, what are you that? doing, Brillo? Yeah, I'm saying, hey, he was the one that was putting the horrible things in your houses. He is a thief and a liar and pretty large as well. Uh, look, look at the bag he's holding. Yes, I'll follow up with, yes, behold this foul sack of wretched items that will uh, besmirch the kindliness of your homes. Fish guts, squirrel tails. Half eaten. He gives this to me, and I hold out the heart that I still have. (laughs) The crowd is very riled at the moment. They're like, "Get him! Kill the guy!" I've I've circled around to the back of the crowd, and I'm also shouting, "Yeah!" And the Phantom's way better. (laughs) Just, just want to take advantage while they're in this mindset. Uh, Roll. I I think take a. Are you taking a flashy approach to this, um, Eleanor, or are you? Are you trying to like whisper it in people's yeah. ears? No, no, I'm taking a flashy approach, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm going to invoke a fate point uh, for I have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Oh, I got two pluses on the dice, plus two <laughs> for flashy, plus whatever for the fate point. <laughs> Does that bring me to two. six? Yeah. Woo! Uh, the only good roll of the night for me. You, you. Not only do you succeed uh, in, in convincing people that you can create a boost if you want to as well. So put another aspect on the crowd or the situation. Um. Yeah. The boost is going to be the Phantom's quite cool, actually. <laughs> so not only do people think the Phantom's the best uh, cat burglar, but they think actually kind of like the Phantom. <laughs> the legend yeah. grows. Yeah. The legend grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and up on the stage, Brillo and Kalos, what is Mr. Big Sir, Good Huge Sir's uh, final fate? Um, I would say, my good people, there is a bounty on this man's head. And given that you are the ones who crowd surfingly brought him to us, <laughs> I believe it is only fitting that you share all in the spoils. Do with him as you see fit. Oh, okay. Uh, you, uh, Argus Grinch goes over to the edge of the stage as you say that. 
and it takes a bit because Mr. Big Good Sir is very big and muscly, but he puts a foot on his back and just kind of like pushes him into the crowd. The crowd descend upon Mr. Good Bad Sir, Good Muscly Man. And as we slowly, like that end of a Christmas movie, pan out snow <laughs> over the uh, over the screen, the credits start to roll. There's kind of like... And you just hear underneath the screams of agony as a man is stabbed and ripped to pieces <laughs> and, and torn apart and executed by a crowd uh, for his crimes against them. Um, remember when we all said that we've never played evil characters? <laughs> Well, we grimmolled the hell out of this one, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's actual tears in my eyes. Oh, my God. The real gift (laughs) was the deaths we caused along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. (laughs) Thank you for being part of our our new little podcast, the Eldritch Lawcast. (laughs) It's been really, really fun year to launch this podcast in, uh, and we'll be around next year. I don't. I think this is coming out on the 29th of December when this episode is dropping. Um, so thank you so much. If you want to keep the conversation going, our Twitter handles are just below our names, uh, or below our faces, actually. Our Twitter handles are below our faces with our names. Um, so if you follow us there, or you can email podcast at ghostfiregaming.com if you want to ask us a question, talk about this crazy adventure, talk about your experiences playing fate um or just anything in general to do with hobby and tabletop role-playing games i've been ben Byrne here as ever with james hake dale kingsmill sean merwin thank you for joining us and until next week we will see you then merry Happy christmas you filthy animals <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays everyone